What did you eat for breakfast? What did I eat for breakfast? Oh, a nice egg burrito. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> you are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Business. Business. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company, located in Fort Worth, Texas. You may remember I talked to Justin back in episode 5 about the merch industry and his passion for music and working with bands and artists. Do you need help with your merch? Skinny Armadillo specializes in quality apparel decoration, including screen printing, embroidery, design, digital on-demand printing, web stores, fulfillment, and more. Contact Skinny Armadillo now to find out how you can grow your merch sales, discover the current printing technologies, or to get a quote. Call 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. That's 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. Thanks for tuning in to episode 19 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. This time, I'm talking to singer and Berkeley graduate Ariana Setz about her journey from growing up in Ecuador, moving to Boston to study music, and finally settling in LA after graduating. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Ariana about her personal growth, adapting to cultural differences, and writing lyrics in different languages. Make sure you stay in the loop by signing up for the email list at musiconyourownterms.com, as well as all the links to my social media. And with that, here's Oriana Sets. All right, welcome to another episode of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. I'm joined today by Oriana Sets. Um, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. Um, I just want to start off. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, well, I'm an independent artist uh, from Ecuador. I'm currently based in LA. Mm -hmm. I studied in Boston in Berklee College of Music for um, four years, and I just graduated a few months ago. So congratulations! Here I am. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a singer-songwriter. Um, I'm currently releasing a few singles before my uh, album *Metamorphosis* comes out. Cool. In a few months. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, just uh, give me a bit of a background on you know what kind of artist. You know what? How would you categorize your music? And you know, if people don't know it, what you know, what does it sound like? Who would you say you kind of sound kind of like? Yeah, well, it's that's a very hard question mm -hmm. because I feel like I take elements from like all these different artists and kind of make this little Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, I love doing indie folk. I love uh, Latin American roots. Mm -hmm. Like uh, ambient music instrumentation, 
I like putting that together with um, pop, rock kind of styles. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I also write in Spanish and in English based on my where I've been lately and my upbringing. Sure. Uh, and then some artists that I would say I would sound like are Natalia Laforcade, which is a pretty amazing artist in Mexico that I, I love. I'm very influenced by her. Jorge Drexler from Uruguay, another great composer. Mm -hmm. um, have some influence from John Mayer, Florence and the Machine. Okay, yep. Nice. Um, so yeah, definitely there's a few things I want to touch on. Um, first thing is you were born in Venezuela, right? Yes, I was born there. I grew up in Ecuador. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's actually, um, you're, you're the second artist um, that's kind of from Venezuela. Um, my good friends in uh, Cruel Miracle are from, Bo uh, from Boston. Uh, sorry, they're from <laughs> Venezuela, but they live in Boston. Um, so and also um have you uh, did you ever run run into any of the guys from bentney or like ben levin group uh, while you were in berkeley because they uh, they've been on the podcast as well they're a big collective of they're, they're probably predating you if you just graduated they're probably i'm, I'm guessing 10 years behind you so you might not mm. have run into them but yeah they've, no, they've also been on the podcast they're kind of like a a progressive rock uh, meets Zappa kind of kind of band. They're they're really good. So they've been on the podcast. So it's kind of, um, you know, I I actually just moved from New England last summer to Texas. So I've I've the first set of interviews I did were, uh, um, you know, Boston, New Hampshire based. So it, it, you know, the fact that you went to Berkeley as well is a really really good tie-in. Um, but you you actually got a scholarship from uh, to go to Berkeley. Is that correct? Yeah, so how, uh, like the Ecuadorian government. Oh, sweet! So that that's how that came came about. Um, did you? So do you? Did you move to Boston from Ecuador? Just okay. So you grew up your whole life in there. Um, so what what prompted you once you graduated to move down to LA? Just the music scene, or yeah i mean the music scene of course um i was looking for a place in the u.s that had a big latin american community mm -hmm. so there were a few options there with new york florida miami in general uh but yeah i kind of wanted to try la uh was a little bit of a new experience for me sure so i wanted to try that yeah excellent um so you do you sing both in english and spanish um what, how do you choose what song to to sing what is it is it based on like the the rhythm you come up with and then the meter of the the lyrics or is it you, you just plan on singing uh you know recording both or like how, how do you how do you decide oh that one's an english song and that one's a spanish song yeah well um but kind of comes out a little natural i would say um there are some topics that are definitely talked more about um, for instance while being in school in Boston mm -hmm. and the kind of conversation that we have with friends then the, the, the language the lyrics has just come up in English um, uh, I mean in the end you know you're kind of affected by your your environment absolutely so I would say that maybe the songs that are about maybe growing up or songs about like old lovers and stuff like that but they, those are in spanish that, make, that makes sense, sense. yep yeah. 
Excellent. But yeah, I was trying. I'm trying to make like a, some sort of Spanglish song with a, hmm. a composer here, and I've never done that before. Or actually, I did that for a, a song that was for my sister. She married a guy from Scotland, actually. So oh, okay. <laughs> pretty close. And yeah. I was trying to write a song that both of them would understand. So I was like, yeah, that was a cool little Spanglish song. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, because I was listening to. Um, you you have uh, the pendulum effect is one song and that's in English. That seems to be very. Um, I mean, I guess you could interpret it very you know very different ways. But to me, it sounds like a very political based song. You know, like you're you're almost attacking a political figure that that swung both ways. I mean, that that's just my interpretation. It could be like way off. Um, <laughs> Actually, that's I mean. Could be, but I was not thinking of that. Right. Um, I can share what it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I listened to uh, a Pieta Perdida. I have no no ability in Spanish, but it's basically the missing puzzle piece. Is that how it translates? So yes. it, it's. I mean, again, this is my interpretation, but it's it's like you're saying you have to be yourself, and you. Um, and this is only because I'm reading the subtitles. Um, it, it, I really like the line slaves of the instruction manual like you're not you, you don't need to uh, conform to society's view and you you need to be yourself and not you know do what everyone else is doing that that's kind of the meaning yeah. of that song um totally. yeah but I, I mean definitely I, like, I mean I feel like pendulum effect it's kind of similar but in a different way I mean um, I'm talking about like growing up in a very contrasting place sure. from where I ended up like a very conservative place in Ecuador, mm -hmm. uh, very religious, and I grew up believing all that. And then I kind of went to Berkeley, which is like the most liberal place on earth, <laughs> or for me at least, that was like incredible. So then, that to me was the pendulum, like going from one extreme ah. to the other, then seeing how that changed my perspective, how my horizons right. opened up, and struggle, right? Mm -hmm. so. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, um, you know, obviously I was born in England. I, I moved to New Hampshire and then I'm down here in Texas. So I've seen quite a, um, not a, I, I wouldn't say a, a massive um, cultural swing, but definitely, you know, each place has its own little, uh, little perk quirks and, you know, weird stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I love to travel <laughs> and seeing all different places. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see what's different and what's not different. So, yeah. um, so the other thing that you have on your bio is about, uh, like activism and doing like, I, I imagine that's part of the lyrics of, of, of talking about different stuff that you really feel passionate about. I wouldn't mind, you know, if you wouldn't mind, uh, like expanding on that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I really feel like, um, I'm using my music as a medium to create conversation and to, uh, put out there things that maybe I think and I don't speak in daily life, mm -hmm. but then I'm like, okay, it just puts it out there because I don't want to go crazy, so they just to go up, turn it into music, and make a good thing out of it. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I really think that it's great to lead by example and to kind of, I mean, I feel like Piesa Perdida is a song of empowerment. And okay. um, while growing up, I remember listening to songs that really became anthems to me you know like this makes me feel so much better after this awful day or this and that and i really feel like it's i, I love to be able to 
to do the same for others and to kind of create a chain, right? To be like, okay, thanks. I was I was able to receive this from amazing bands and artists at the time. Now I want to give back. Interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there are different different topics. I mean, I guess especially with the identity situation, like anything that's related to that, mm -hmm. gender. Um, say like feminist movements uh, lgbtq i feel like identity is like my main thing so i talk about that a lot in my songs and uh, reflect on that sure yeah i mean i mean that that's really uh, a great positive message about you know just being yourself and not being afraid to do what you want to do and you know not having to conform to like as we said before society's you know rules and say you can't do that because it's like well yes i can <laughs> um yeah that's 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 excellent as far as um you know what did you get out of uh going to berkeley other other than the schooling and the music stuff um you know what else do you think made a positive or on the other hand negative impact in you know your your journey as a musician and as a person in general well i would say that it was very hard for me at first because again, it was very different from what I was familiar. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I really fell in love with, I mean, I, I made a minor in liberal arts and like, uh, it's called intersectional identities and social change, actually. So <laughs> a lot of like human psychology and stuff. And it was, I feel like the Berkeley experience really helped me um, not be so much about like black and white, mm. kind of like find that there's like an entire, uh, like all these hues, right? All these different places, all these different ways of exploring anything, like your identity, like I was saying before, your spirituality, or even psychologically, it's like, I just learned so much, it was so rich. And also because the campus, not the campus, um, the community at Berkeley, the students, I think like 40% of it is uh, international students. That sounds about right. So, so yeah, it's crazy. Like you get to live with people from countries that you never thought how they lived or mm -hmm. what they do, what their customs would be believed. So that really makes you kind of think about it. And sure. then everything, I think that every little bit of personal growth uh, can be transformed to art so then can put that into music. And sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine, you know, with the, uh, how famous Berkeley is, you know, and as you said, 40% is uh, international students. That must be um, a huge melting pot of uh, different ideas, not just, you know, not just students teaching other students about their cultures, but then those, you know, like this person's piece of music and this person's style of music meshing. And, you know, I, I, I imagine that's a massive hotbed of, of just creative uh, ideas of just, taking all sorts of different styles and i mean i'm sure there must be some really good uh parties with some really cool foods there and you know from yeah. all around the world that, that must be amazing and there was also uh, i mean the age wise mm. i think that the there's some super young people like graduate at berkeley graduate from berkeley like 18 so i'm like what time did you get here <laughs> like right. 12 i don't know like what's happening and then people who are like under 60s and graduate from berkeley sure like, that's amazing too. Yeah. Um, so moving on, um, you know, what would you say the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome in life is? 
Whoa. Um, that's tough. <laughs> Let me think. I would say, um, maybe when I was in this, um, when I moved to Berkeley, <laughs> let's go back to that. Um, I went through this like very tough identity crisis of like, who am I? Do I believe in these things? Why do I believe in them? Mm -hmm. Questioning everything, uh, especially my uh, religious side. I don't know if we want to go into sure. that, but why not? So yeah, I mean, I, I grew up very Catholic and not to state. Mm -hmm. Girls only private schools, so like very much like that. And then went to Berkeley and seeing all sorts of crazy things, mm -hmm. <laughs> good and bad. But um, talking with people who thought very differently about many things, and I was very like set on my my side and I was very political about my opinion I, I was right about everything right and then when I started realizing that a lot of things were maybe not quite as I thought they were and questioning this that, that, that was huge and the religious side especially was very tough for me too mm. to I mean now I um, I mean I consider myself spiritual but I'm not religious at all um, if you had asked me like five uh, five years ago that would be very different. Mm. Um, so I feel like that was probably the, the toughest. And yeah, actually the pendulum effect was part of healing myself from that as I was going through that. Craziness. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that uh, travel and, you know, doing things like that really opens your mind up to is, you know, you, you if you... Um, you know, if you don't move outside of your town, hometown or whatever, and you don't travel and you only know the things that have been, you know, taught to you. I mean, with it, with the internet, like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, an old man now, but, um, you know, <laughs> you know, you've grown up with the internet. I didn't grow up with the internet. So there was a, there was a lot less, um, you know, outside world influence at the beginning. And then when the internet started to come along, oh, I see. I mean, for me, in England had a lot of like US TV and, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the Internet kind of, I guess, put all this outside world, um, you know, influence and information on. on and then, uh, you know, I was already, you know, I'd already gone to like mainland Europe for, for vacation and stuff like that. But, um, you know, once I started going cross continents and, and started seeing different stuff, it really kind of opens your eyes to, oh, these people live like this and this is what they, you know, live like. And, you know, you just get to see what, what, um, being, you know, very static, it, you know, affects people. And you, yeah. and then, and then you start to see other people's lives and you're like, oh, well, everyone can do you different things. Grow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and I think that the hardest part about that was not just dealing with my own changes, but like how people around me and my social circle was perceiving that. Mm. I mean, how do they deal with me stopping to believe this or do that? It's huge. I mean, you don't think about that, but you can see mm. <laughs> how the world around you is like, I don't know, I was maybe feeling judged by my old friends. Like, what are they gonna sure. think if they do that? And yeah, maybe BSF was the other side of that. I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna be myself whether you like it or not sorry right so um so one question did you um uh how did you speak good english before you moved to boston like how or is it you didn't have to learn from scratch or i mean where was your 
No, we had, I mean, I had a pretty good education at school. But of course, you think you know a lot, and then you get to the US and you can't understand a single word, or you're just terrified about saying something wrong, so you just don't speak at all. That was I mean, me. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I come from an English-speaking country, and I couldn't understand half of the, the stuff they were saying. Well, you're in Texas. <laughs> oh, yep. Even, even, even worse. So, um, okay, that's that's great. So, um, moving on to like your uh, your current um, strategies of where you're putting your music. Um, do you have anyone that kind of manages your social media? I mean, your your um, just wanted to say your music is extremely well produced. It sounds great, um, and the, the videos you have out are really high quality. Do you, do you have like people working for you, or is it kind of self managed, or how's that working? I, I've been doing everything on my own, really. Um, I was lucky enough to find a really uh, good producer, also from Ecuador. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Santiago Salazar, and he helped produce all the songs, all the singles, and the songs that will be my album. Um, and video-wise, I also met the videographers in Boston, Emerson College, Berkeley as well. And yeah, very independent as well. I mean, nothing big. We try to keep it as, as small as possible, you know, sure. budget. Right. <laughs> Budgeted. Uh, we made Fiesta Perdida in a day because we had to rent the place. And it's, okay, let's do it. We have five hours. All right, let's see what we can do in five hours. So that was incredible for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I've been lucky enough to find good, independent uh, producers and videographers and directors that um, have been working with me. Excellent. Yes. Actually, I, I'm going to be releasing a, a music video mm -hmm. uh, two weeks with my new single. Okay. And that's done by a guy from Emerson called Juan Pablo. Okay. Coral. And that video is really awesome. I mean, I feel we... we, we we put more into it. <laughs> we had more time, or it was the second time I was doing this, not the first time, so things went better in general. And yeah, it's always fun to do it. Absolutely. Um, Even if it's, I mean, as, as an independent artist, it's, it's a lot because you have to do everything. Yeah. Because you have the control and the freedom to do whatever, but at the same time, you really have to be in charge. Absolutely. Um, and, and obviously, you, you're. Uh, you, you're following the kind of path of releasing a single like maybe once a month until you have maybe half the album out and then you're releasing the whole album. Is that the kind of strategy you're working towards? <laughs> yeah. I think that's fairly common now. That's like the, the school of thought that says you got to keep in people's, you know, in front of people because the attention span's kind of gone away completely. So you have to keep, you know, hitting them with something and then, oh, here's the rest of it. Um now, one thing yeah, I wanted to, to go back to is the fact that you're singing both in English and Spanish. Have you seen, um, like, one more popular than the other? And when you look at the metadata, like, where, you know, do you have a lot of uh, maybe South American fans listening to the Spanish and, you know, maybe America, Northern America listen to the English? Or is it pretty mixed? Like, how, how does that data look? It's interesting because I thought that exact same thing. I mean, I thought that... The moment I released a song in Spanish, it was just going to be popular in Latin America and then in English in the U.S. or other places. But I feel like it's been pretty mixed, so I'm, I'm glad. Mm. Uh, right now, my music is mostly sounding in Mexico, uh, a few places from the U.S., um, Ecuador, and some other country. But that's great. I mean, I'm glad 
everyone is, I mean, especially because at this point, everyone is learning English, so, or everyone's listening to music in English, mm -hmm. no matter from. Even if you don't understand it, you're listening to it. Right. <laughs> so I feel like for the songs that are in English, it's easier to just kind of go out. And yeah, I mean, definitely Piesa Perdida, I tried to promote it as much as possible sure. in America. But yeah, it was nice to see that some people, that even though they couldn't understand the lyrics, they really enjoyed the music, the rhythm, the vibe, or the video. So Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I enjoy listening to, uh, you know, music in other languages because I think different languages have that different, you know, meter and the texture of the, the syllables. And I think it adds something more, you know, it, than just having everything in English. Um, you know, that th way back in the nineties when I was watching, um, you know, Headbangers Ball was a, a heavy metal show on MTV. Um, you know, they had a, there was a couple of bands I remember specifically that were, um, they were German and the German is a very guttural, you know, aggressive language and it fit really well with that band. Um, you know, whereas you may have like a soft, softer band from like France, France, you know, French is kind of a flowery language. So that might suit that. But yeah, just, just, I think I just uh, came across a, a band from Finland that was singing in Finnish and it, it was like, wow, this is, it sounds like this other band in English, but it just the way the vocals are, making the texture of the sounds was just like, oh, that's, that's refreshing. So, no, yeah, that's awesome. yeah. That's great. That's um, I mean, I'm honestly, about that, I'm a very big lyricist, so that's sometimes hard for me, so I think a lot about the lyrics, the words, uh, meaning, but yeah, it's nice to kind of take that out of the picture and just kind of listen to the textures and not being able to understand anything, like sure. the actual language what you understand from just the sounds so do, do you typically write um you know write the melodies first and then try and fit the words there or do you sometimes just come up with oh these words like po you know do a poem and then fit that to music like how, how does your process work there i would say that i try various things i like uh i feel like it also helps you write different songs when you sometimes start with a rhythm mm. The songs that'll be completely different than if you start with lyrics or with melody. Sure. Uh, most naturally, I mean, what's most natural for me is lyrics because uh, I feel like I started writing poetry way before I knew I wasn't gonna study music or do music for life. Right. <laughs> so that's huge for me. Um, and maybe you can tell because my songs are very wordy. And, yeah. No, I I uh, really like like that. <laughs> so yeah, but. Um, I think it's interesting. I mean, I like challenging myself and say, okay, I'm not so good with, I don't know, maybe chord progressions. Let's start with that and then we'll go from there and maybe like make everything upside down and see what happens. Sure. Maybe the hardest is to start with a melody and then have lyrics fit because like, stressing of the words or then it's not going to make much sense. I mean, some people do that and they're comfortable doing that, but to me, it's the hardest. Sure. Um, cool. What what would you say the best choice you've made in your life was? The best choice, wow. Um, I feel the best choice was to really try. I mean, uh, when when I was in high school, I know that a lot of people 
knew what they were going to study or they were like, yeah, I want to go to this university. And years before they were senior year, they were like, yeah, I want to do this and that. I had no idea. I was like, yeah, I want to do music, but I don't know where. I don't have money, so I'm not going that far, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the end. Um, and then, of course, I mean, in, in Ecuador, people, when they're 18, they don't move out of their house, like here. And they're just like, okay, you're out. Even if school is two blocks away, you still kind of become independent. Sure. And at 18, it's pretty common. So that's, mm-hmm. that's very different in Ecuador. You really live there until, I don't know, mid 20s or you get married <laughs> that's the expectation right mm-hmm. there's no other reason why you would leave or it's like even a little bit offensive like oh why are you leaving you right 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 but so yeah i was and I'm, like the youngest uh, i have an older sister so yeah i'm like the baby right and mm-hmm. uh, i'm like well i want to i want to go i want to go far away and do this crazy career that people tell me it's not going to give me any money mm-hmm. <laughs> the other side of the world so that was um, I mean, I was so satisfied to be able to leave. And, and not because I hated, I hated Ecuador or anything, but it was just so satisfying to be able to, I don't know, start from zero, do something different and, and feel like it was my own, like no one else's. It was oh. my adventure and I was going to start something there. Excellent. So. All right. So um, what kind of, adv- what advice would you give, uh, you know, aspiring musicians? Um, you know, that maybe aren't sure what they want to do or haven't really figured it out yet? Hmm. I would say give it a try. I mean, if you have the opportunity, just try. It doesn't need to, I mean, sometimes you can make music and not just be that the main source of your income or be the only career you do. I mean, you can do other things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like something you don't really think about because you're like, okay, I'm going to study this and then I'm going to die doing this job or this career. It's like, no, I mean, life changes. Uh, you can multitask. <laughs> you can Absolutely. have different jobs. So, yeah, I mean, uh, try it out. I think it's better to try out and then be like, well, I guess it's not what I wanted to do and then try something else than just be in your 40s and be like, you know what, I should have tried go ahead just yeah, do it absolutely and yeah try to train yourself as much as possible i mean I, it's a little hard because there's so much competition so many competitions but instead of seeing them as competition really try to to bond with them make a community and mm. if you have if you have friends that play music and you can play with them that's like the dream life <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've always kind of kind of been preaching that to other bands like uh it's you know, your other bands on the bill of the show are not your uh, not your competition. You know, a musician's competition is is video games and and watching TV and and stuff <laughs> like that. You you know, we 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 really need to kind of build like the th- one of the things my band's kind of trying is is going to be um, putting on our own kind of showcase with a few other bands and maybe do something a little interesting like have a well, I say video game tournament, that kind of defeats the purpose, but, you know, maybe have a comedian in between sets or have have some kind of, uh, you know, screening of a popular, you know, horror movie or something, because my band's kind of uh, horror music. Oh, cool. So, yeah. you know, maybe we screen a horror movie, a classic horror movie, or maybe we do some kind of activity that draws people in and then the bands are playing and people get to see original music. Um, 
Nice. Yeah. I think it's, it's just, you know, you do do whatever you can to do something different uh, other than just, you know, show up, load your gear in, play your set, say thank you and leave, you know. You got to make it interesting for the exactly. interesting for the for the uh people watching. So I'm I'm because you're gonna be a musician means that's the only thing you should do i mean go out because you need to write music based on live experience yep. that's just Absolutely. write a song about being in a practice room for two hours every day I mean, mm -hmm. that's not gonna and yeah i mean just find a tribe find that group of people that really understand your project your mission that support you because also if you work with the wrong people you're gonna think that oh maybe music is not for me it's not working and it's maybe it's not that it's just the team that's around you that absolutely you're the you're the um you become you know the the amalgamation of the five closest people that you know you associate with so you know make sure that they're make sure that they're really good at what they do and they'll that'll rub off on you and you'll get better rather than you know you don't want to be the best person in the room because you're not learning anything at that point so and find nice people to work with too because i've also worked with amazing players and stuff and then the ego is just like, like floating in the room. I'm like, okay, I can't work with you. I don't care how good you are. <laughs> this is awful. So, <laughs> no, finding a nice balance there. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, cool. Um, where can people find you if they want to, you know, reach out to you, listen to music, etc.? Uh, you can find me on well, there's social media. As Oriana sets music. There's um, Spotify. That's I use that. Uh, well, there's iTunes. These are all these other digital platforms, really. YouTube, mm -hmm. and stay tuned because I'm I'm really excited about the music video. So yeah, YouTube is going to be a great place to find my stuff. <laughs> yeah, you got some uh, really nice uh, live performances on there that I've been watching. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. Really... some of them are kind of old, and some of them are like, well, we'll still <laughs> keep updating that. But definitely YouTube. Awesome. And yeah, I mean social media like Facebook, and Instagram, all that stuff. Excellent. Um, so I like to finish out the uh, episode with a, a piece of music. So what what track would you like me to play? Great. Um, let's do Piece of Arriba. Okay. I'm, I'm feeling it. The missing puzzle piece. <laughs> missing puzzle piece. All right. Very good. Well, uh, thank you again for joining me and uh, you know keep in touch. We'll uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, definitely thank you look, so much. look forward yeah, to great. to what else you uh, what what else you release in future. So. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. You as well. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Oriana for her great conversation. Please consider leaving a review on iTunes so that more people can discover the podcast. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. Here is Oriana Sets and Piazza Padida, the missing puzzle piece.